The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Han Jr. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable, channel 1519 in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, channel 9 in El Central California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church, and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for 99 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William Mon Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The time is now to accept Jesus into your heart, viewers, to be blood-washed, water-washed, spirit-filled, and living the life. Our church choir, under the direction of Emilia Hahn, will sing this powerful and uplifting song entitled, The Church Must Stand Together. Truly a testament to God's Word, 
that we must stand united by His Word, immovable, unshakable, and sure, standing together in strength and in unity, one heart, one mind, and in one accord, beholding the glory and will of the Lord. Accompanying choir will be Edith Matsuka on the piano and Pohaku Carter on the organ. Church. 
As true born-again believers, we use the Word of God as our shield and our buckler, our teacher and instructor, as words to comfort and as words to heal. It gives us guidance and inspiration. This and more can be found in the Bible, just like the prayer in Matthew 6, 9. It encompasses all that we, as children of the Lord, should do to continue our daily walk with Him. Under the leadership of yours truly, our church band will perform for you a most inspirational and exhilarating song titled, The Lord's Prayer. Our soloist this morning, Associate Pastor Seth Makanasano Sr., will sing this enlightening and spiritual song titled, The Anchor Holds. And who better TV viewers than the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to be the one to hold on to you when you feel battered and scarred? Accompanied Makano will be Tiare Summers on the piano, just the Associate Pastor Evans Pro Sr. on the guitar, and Iris Locke on the drums. faith alone 
Betsy's eyes were watching me. The anchor holds, though the ship is battered. The anchor holds, though the sails are torn. I have fallen. face the raging seas the anchor holds in spite of the storm I've had visions I've had dreams I've even held them in my hand, but I never knew they would slip right through, like there were only grains of sand the anchor holds though the ship is battered the anchor holds though the sails are torn Bye. 
Salvation, as you know, is an individual matter between you and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As you accept Him as our personal Savior, Master, and Lord, take on in His name a water of baptism. We be filled, be filled with His Spirit and live the life we are preparing ourselves to be caught up in the air when Jesus raptures us home. Our church choir's second selection is entitled, When He Comes Again. Please join in singing as the words appear on your screen.
an ensemble consisting of the flute section of our church band, under the direction of Sally Spotcalf, who combined their God-given talents in this marvelous and harmonious song selection entitled, God Gives the Victory. peace we experience comes only from knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. As you continue to read his words daily, it will strengthen each of us to testify to others about the Lord's coming and how we must be ready to meet Jesus in the air. Our vocal group, the Daughters of Judah, will sing this beautiful song entitled, Let There Be Peace on Earth. 
Accompanying them will be Christy Hahn on the piano, just the associate pastor, Evans Spode Sr. on the guitar, Sally Spotcalf on the flute, and Sharice Spotcalf on the violin. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this beautiful song to Mr. Tai Samasama, Kaimi Anna'ao Etuati, a faithful brother in Christ who serves the Lord daily. We pray the Lord Jesus Christ will continue to pour forth his heavenly blessings upon you each and every day. Have a wonderful Sunday. Yeah.
Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television time station locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XTTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in our Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, Services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Pololo Avenue, gospel services are held every Wednesday evenings only at 7 p.m. The same schedule it's observed by neighbor island branch churches. The services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Lenny K. Waasano Sr. in Kaloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espero in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espero in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui branch church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Some of you in our viewing audience are undoubtedly wondering if the participants in our telecasts are compensated in any way to perform in the choir, the band, or special vocal and instrumental groups. My answer is an emphatic no. Let me reassure you all that every person you see in our telecasts are bona fide members of the Apostolic Faith Church who give out their total rehearsal and performance times, as well as their talents willingly from the heart for the glory of God and for absolutely no monetary gains of any kind. Contributions from our TV viewers are used, in fact, to help maintain these weekly telecasts. And through your generosity and financial help, 
I'm able to bring forth such sermons as one I have prepared for today and entitled The Incomparable King. If it is the purpose of God to set up the kingdom on his earth, a question naturally arises, who is to be its king? The first prophetic picture we have of the promises concerning Christ is found in the book of Genesis. Read in Genesis 3, 14 to 15, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shall be eat all the days of the life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. There is no reason to suppose that snakes ever did walk upright. Neither did they feed on dust. God was actually speaking to Satan, not to snakes. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat, were Hebrew figures of speech. The phrase, it shall bruise thy head, was the initial promise of a coming savior. The promise said that first, one, a woman would have a son. Two, the son would destroy Satan. We have the sure promise of this destruction, Christ's death and resurrection, though Satan is still active. Three, Satan would bruise the heel of the woman's son. Notice the word says her seed, not his seed. Thus, it referred to some future descendant of the woman who would be victorious over the serpent, meaning the devil or Satan, the deceiver of the world. Thus, Jesus was bruised on the cross for the sins of the world. The mention of that perfect sacrifice of the cross, Christ upon the cross, impels me to digress from my sermon because it brings to mind an important encounter mentioned in the Bible. One could describe it as a life-saving incident. It took place one night as Jesus rested from the weary labors of the day. A very prominent man came to see him. The name of the man who happened to be a Pharisee was Nicodemus. He was a man of position, of importance, of power, and of wealth. However, this man was not satisfied with his lot. He realized that what he had was not good enough to enter into the kingdom of God. There was a great hunger in his heart. The things of the earth did not totally satisfy him. He was reaching out for something that would bring him happiness, but happiness and peace seemed always to elude him. Then he heard about Jesus, of his wonderful mighty works, and his marvelous attitude towards sinners. Thus, under the cover of darkness, Nicodemus slipped out and came with his light to see Jesus and buried his heart to the Lord. Jesus told him, you must be born again. You have many things that the world can give you, but you'll never find peace and joy until you have been born again. Read John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Yes, fears, there are many wonderful things in this world you can see with your naked eye, but to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. You may see the great cold trees of Hawaii, but you'll never see the tree of life in heaven unless you have been born again. You may see the great rivers of the world as they make their way towards the sea, but you'll never see the river of life that flows by the throne of God unless you have been born again. You may travel and see the great cities of the world in all their glory, but you'll never see the holy city of the new Jerusalem unless you have been born again. You may receive degrees from the greatest colleges and universities, but you'll never see heaven unless you have God's B.A. degree, that is, his born-again degree. When Jesus said he must be born again, he emphasized the must. This is one of his divine imperatives. Read in John 3, 5, 
Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, to be born of water is to be baptized in water. Yes, the like as fears, you must go down to the water, be buried, immersed, and come out of the water. To be born of the Spirit is to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the only evidence cited in the Bible which confirms the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in the unknown tongue, according to Acts 2.4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And in what name are we to be baptized? We must be baptized in the name of Jesus, of course. Listen to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Just imagine, in this one verse, there are two wonderful promises, the remission of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is your passport into heaven. Peter declares in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In other words, outside the name of Jesus, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, one cannot be saved. Some claim in order to get into heaven, it isn't necessary that they be baptized. However, Jesus tells us in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Baptism is essential to salvation. Read Colossians 2.12. Bury with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And just imagine, the wonderful miracle of salvation was made possible by the wonderful miracle of Christ's birth through the Lord's chosen one. And as we pick up the threads in my sermon of the Savior's birth, I ask you to turn to Genesis 9, 26 and read with me. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. The promised seed of the woman was to come through the line of Shem. And Christ, after the flesh, descends from Shem. A descendant of Shem was Abraham, whom God called to become the head of his own nation, Israel. And a far greater descendant was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Jacob had 12 sons, one of whom was included in his promise. God chose neither Reuben, the firstborn, nor Joseph, the favorite. Instead, he chose Judah, the fourth son, to fulfill the prophecy. We read in Genesis 49, 8 through 10, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he crouched as a lion. And as an old lion, who shall rise him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, meaning Christ, first advent. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. The word scepter indicates kingly power. And the word Shiloh is a name for Messiah, O Christ the anointed. It is from the tribe of Judah that King David and all the rightful Jewish rulers and the King of the Lord Jesus Christ emerge. God made an important disclosure to David through Nathan, the prophet. We read in 2 Samuel 7:16, And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever. God confirmed this promise with an oath. During a time when Israel had lapsed into idolatry, this covenant, which was unconditional, was reaffirmed to Israel through the prophet Jeremiah. Many years after David's death, 
God promised David that his descendants would sit upon his throne. However, the promise did literally mean there would be an unknown line of successes on that throne. Rather, Jeremiah prophesied that God would raise up a king in the future to sit on the throne of David. Read Jeremiah 33, 5 to 6. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days, Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Let us compare this prophecy with Isaiah 11:1 to 2. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. These verses present Christ as the Messiah of Israel and describe his kingdom in the millennium. Jesse is like a tree that has been blown over or cut down. From the stump of that tree comes a new shoot. That new shoot is Christ. He will rule in perfect righteousness when he comes to be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Note the word branch in both prophecies and what the last few words of Isaiah's prophecy denotes, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. In addition, let us recall Luke's description of the child of Jesus in Luke 2:40, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. He grew in body because of the tender care that he had in a godly home. He grew strong in spirit, doubtless because of the instruction that he received at the synagogue, the place of worship. His soul was filled with wisdom because of his own personal understanding of the scriptures. As the son of God, he was about his father's business. As the son of Mary, he was obedient to her and Joseph. We find that there is no difficulty here in identifying whom the prophet meant. But the king was not only to come to the line, solely clearly marked out in scriptures of the Old Testament. He would also be of divine parentage. This was revealed to the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign, shall give a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel meaning God with us in the person of Jesus Christ. When Jesus was born, God became flesh and dwelt among us. As we read in John 1:14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Isaiah's prophecy of the virgin birth of the king was literally fulfilled when Christ was born. As you read in Matthew 1, 18 to 21, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was his spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Under the law of Moses, anyone that was caught in the act of committing adultery was stoned to death. But while he thought of these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Note, this verse tells us that he shall save his people from their sins and not in their sins. Nothing sinful can enter heaven, 
reading Isaiah 9, 6 to 7, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Consular, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts shall perform this. The Holy Spirit reveals much about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and his ministry. As a son of Mary, a child was born. As a son of God, a son was given. Therefore, he's both man and God. He bears upon his shoulder the responsibility of the government of the world. His government and peace will know no end. He will sit upon the throne of David when he comes to this earth the second time and will establish his kingdom upon it. In that day, his feet shall stand upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem, which is to split in two. The valley thus formed will be an avenue of escape for Israel, and it will stand thereafter as a testimony to fulfillment of the word of God. It was from the Mount of Olives that the Lord Jesus ascended into heaven. Read in Acts 1, 9 through 11. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received them out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Yes, Jesus, the captain of the clouds, he went away in his glorified body and he will return in his glorified body. He went away as a person, he will return as a person. He was seen ascending, he will be seen descending. When he returns, angels and all true born-again Christians will be with him. However, in this second advent, there are two comings. First, he comes for his own. The meeting place will be the air. Second, he returns to judge this earth, the nations. That this child was not to be the result of Joseph's marriage to Mary is clear from the very fact that Jesus was not born of natural regeneration, but was begotten of God through the Holy Ghost. The word Jesus is the Greek counterpart of the Hebrew term Jehoshua, meaning Savior. This is confirmed by the words of the angel Gabriel to Mary herself, reading Luke 1.35, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Some profess that Isaiah in his prophecy, Behold, a virgin shall conceive, and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, refers to a maiden or virgin of his time. But this is refuted by Matthew. The virgin birth of Jesus is still confirmed by the statement in Matthew that Joseph knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son. Yes, this was the exception. The promise in Genesis 3.15 was to be filled through the seed of the woman. The word seed in the scriptures always applies to the male of a man or beast. Thus, the promise could only be fulfilled through a woman, namely Mary, being with child by the Holy Ghost. Here we see the wonderful way in which God safeguarded the virgin birth of Jesus by seeing to it that Mary, already with child, then married Joseph, who therefore could not have been the natural father of Jesus. The Holy Ghost, God himself, was the father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hence, therefore, today, the only living man who can claim an unbroken genealogical line directly from King David is the man Christ Jesus. He was born King of the Jews, and he will come again as King of the Jews. One day soon, he will come back upon a white horse with his saints as King of kings 
and Lord of Lords. We read Revelation 19, 11 to 16. And I, that is John, saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with, he, with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I ask ye viewers at this time, don't these scriptures make you want to rule and reign with Jesus when this fantastic and incredible event takes place? You can, you know, by becoming a citizen of heaven and a child of God. You do it simply by going through the required process, that of being born again. After all, how can a sinful man ever go to heaven and walk the golden streets of glory? He must repent and forsake his sins and accept Jesus as his personal Savior, Master, and Lord first. Nicodemus had to be a man of high morals and good character to have had the position he held. Yet Jesus told him even about the new birth. A rich young ruler declared that he had kept the commandments all his life. But Jesus said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Yes, you may be the cleanest, most moral man in the world, but without the new birth, you are lost. We do not work in order to be saved. We work because we have been saved. All our good works inside the church and out can never save us. The Bible tells us that our righteousness is as filthy rags, and we can't approach God in such rags. We need to be clothed in His righteousness. We must take on His name, Jesus, to be saved. Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, 8-9, For by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The divine order is salvation first and works. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is not a matter of our works. It is a matter of God's gift, which is ours. The minute we are born again, Going to a church doesn't make one a born-again Christian any more than going into a garage makes one an automobile mechanic. Jesus founded the church. Now the church is not an organization, but an organism. Fitly framed together by the Word of God and formed by the Holy Spirit. It includes every true born-again believer, past, present, and future, from the time of Pentecost to the first resurrection at His second coming. It is called the body of Christ. To show how close the members are to each other and to Christ, the temple of God has its purposes, festering the true worship of God and carrying the bride of Christ. The visible church is that organization which can be seen and consists of everyone who professes to be Christians. However, we find many of the church have not been born again according to the word of God. The local church is the visible church which consists of two born-again believers in one place gathered for breaking of bread, Worship, preaching, prayer, fasting, and testifying, as you find in Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The question is, what does one do to secure the new birth? First, he hears the gospel, believes, repents of his sins, and gets baptized in the name of Jesus. 
Repentance is godly sorrow for sin, which causes one to turn away from sin and turns towards Jesus. I implore you, let King Jesus come into your hearts today. If you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website, JesusCommissioned.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. Our church band will conclude this morning's telecast with a spirited and lively number entitled, When We All Get to Heaven. When you have the Lord, His promises are true and amen. Stay close to Jesus and we will enter heaven together.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.